Welcome to C3. Oh, yeah, I do. That is so embarrassing. <laughs> yeah, remember when Heidi's dad was doing crazy dancing on here? Yeah. Hey, Gideon, do you think your dad will do something silly on these videos? No way. He would never act like that on camera. I'm crass. My name's Crass. Great. How does mine sound? Yeah, great. Yeah, that's this great. is great. Oh is it looking good? Check my microphone. Is yeah, it sound good? Okay. <laughs> well, we're going to talk about the bottle today. Bottle. I love the bottle. I love the bottle. <laughs> <laughs> we really need to get back to church. Hey, C3, it's Natalie. And Brian. We miss you. Look forward to seeing you soon. Hi everyone, this is Taylor Johnson. Just wanted to say hello and hope everyone is doing well and having a great Sunday. Just wanted to say hi from Tulsa, Oklahoma for me and Ava. Say hi, Evie. Hey church family, sure I'm missing you guys. Hope to see you again soon. Loves and prayers. Hi C3, I'm Gracie's grandmother, Marky. I hope you all are doing well. Please try to get your church open soon. My daughters, Kim and Kathy, really need to be back in church. Bye. Hey, C3. I miss you, and we'll be so glad when we can get back together again. Hey, everybody. This is Buster and Kathy on our back porch. We've been missing everybody. The pandemic's been tough on everybody. Churches need to get back together. The last week has been very stressful for all. Um, think about everybody. Uh, stay to your principles, stay to your values. Hope to see everybody soon. Hi. Well, hello. Good morning. Welcome to Christ Community Church. I hope you guys had a great week. This week, I learned to never let Justin ever videotape anything we do, apparently. Uh, thanks a lot for that. Appreciate it. Um, thanks for submitting all your hello videos this week. So good to see you guys' faces. Uh, if you've noticed, we've replaced Zach Smith this week with uh, Sean Zorn. So thank you, Sean, for being here. All right, we're going to play some songs for you this morning. We encourage you guys to worship along with us. I looked over Jordan and what did I see? Coming for to carry me home. There's a band of angels coming after me. Coming for to carry me home. Swing low, sweet chariot. Coming for to carry me home. Swing low, sweet chariot. Coming for to carry me home. Well, I'm sometimes up and I'm sometimes down. You're coming for to carry me home. But I know my soul is heavenly bound. 
You're coming for to carry me home The swing low, sweet chariot You're coming for to carry me home The swing low, sweet chariot You're coming for to carry me home Drum solo! Now if you get there before I do, we're coming for to carry me home. Tell all my friends that I'm a coming to. You're coming for to carry me home. Swing low, sweet chariot. You're coming for to carry me home. Swing low, sweet chariot. You're coming for to carry me home. Swing low, sweet chariot, coming for to carry me home. Swing low, sweet chariot, you're coming for to carry me home. Yeah, you're coming for to carry me home. Yeah, you're coming for to carry me home. Good morning, C3. I'm doing the call to worship today, and I'll be reading from 1 Samuel chapter 24, not the whole chapter. So listen just a little bit as I read a few verses, starting in verse 1. After Saul returned from fighting the Philistines, he was told that David had gone into the wilderness. And so Saul, he was afraid. So Saul chose 3,000 elite troops from all Israel and went to search for David and the men near the rocks of the wild goats. At the place where the road passes some sheepfolds, David, excuse me, Saul, went into a cave to relieve himself. But as it happened, David and his men were hiding farther back in the cave. So Saul goes in this cave to use the restroom, and David and his dudes are all in there. And so the men say, this is the important part, his men say, now you're, now's your opportunity. David's men whispered to him, today the Lord is telling you, I will certainly put your enemy into your power to do as you wish. That's really big. His friends said, look what's happening. Surely the Lord did this. Surely the Lord is telling you what to do. So they prompt David to kill him. Well, David doesn't kill him, but he does cut his robe, a little bit of his robe off. And that's a little bit of a na-na-na-na-na, see, I was here and didn't kill you. But then he felt bad about it. And so they have this long conversation and David tells Saul, he reveals himself to Saul, tells Saul what he did. Saul's response is the essence of the message today. Chapter, excuse me, verse 16. When David had finished speaking, telling the story, Saul called back. Is that really you, my son David? And then Saul began to cry. And he said to David, you are a better man than I am, for you have repaid me good for evil. Yes, you have been amazingly kind to me today, for when the Lord put me in a place where you could have killed me, you didn't do it. Who else would let his enemy get away when he had him in his power? May the Lord reward you well for the kindness you have shown for me today. And now I realize that you are surely going to be king and that the kingdom of Israel will flourish under your rule. May the Lord reward you well for the kindness you have shown me today. That is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
Good morning, C3. Good morning. Good to see you, and thanks, guys. That was great, as always. Hooray. It really was great. Thank it you, was. Guys. It was. I want to... way better than Zach. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I want to uh, start with um, a new book that I got for my birthday. Thank you, Allison. Um, it's entitled The Boy, the Mole, the Fox, and the Horse and by Charles Mackesey. Never heard of it before, but you might want to run to your local bookstore and get one. It is a journey story. It's a picture book. It's very short. Um, it is a, a story where three unlikely, four unlikely companions come together, a boy, a mole, a fox, and a horse, and discover many things about themselves and, and each other. And I'm going to read just a little bit of it uh, to you. The boy and the mole, I would show it to you like a child um, if we were closer. <laughs> the boy and the mole are sitting on a branch, and uh, the mole says, most of the old moles I know wish they had listened less to their fears and more to their dreams. Mm. And the boy looks over and says, what's that over there? And the mole says, it's the wild, said the mole. Don't fear it. Imagine how we would be if we were less afraid, he says. And then there's this beautiful picture of them sitting on the branch, and below them is a fox, an enemy, the fox, enemy to the mole anyway, caught in a trap. The mole gets down from the tree and says, and stands before the, the fox and says, I'm not afraid, said the mole. If I wasn't caught in this snare, I'd kill you, said the fox. Mm. If you stay in that snare, you will die, said the mole. Mm. So the mole chewed through the wire with his tiny teeth. He chose to free the fox. And then he says this. One of our greatest <clears throat> freedoms is how we react to things. Mm. Mm. I think that's in part what Larry's going to talk about today. It is, very much so. Wow. And the, the idea that how we react to things is our choice, mm. and it is a choice of freedom rather than bondage. And our freedom to choose and react as we believe is right can have incredible impact on others. It can set others free. Yes, it can set others free. Like yes. the mole set Thank the fox free yes. to then make his choice. Yes, yes. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you. Happy birthday. Thanks. <laughs> Happy anniversary. Hooray. <laughs> um, glad you could be with us today. I'm glad that I can be here with you. Um, let me pray for us. You pray with me, please. Psalm 81, uh, the psalmist quotes the Lord Jesus by saying, I am the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt. Open wide your mouths and I will fill it. Lord, um, I want you to fill my mouth today with good things. My ears, my eyes, my mind, my heart. I believe that you have a word for us. And I believe it is a true and good word that can change us and make us more like you. And I pray that's what would happen today. And I pray this for myself and my bride, 
and my friends and my family and for everyone that's listening, please uh, help us. Give us the grace to open wide our lives so that you can fill our lives with good things today. Please do it, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Um, the last few weeks I have been studying the life of David uh, in First and Second Samuel and it's one of the highlights of my journey uh, through the Bible each year and oh about, I don't know, seven, eight days ago uh, I came to First Samuel chapter 24 and 26 and I had to stop and take pause uh, at what I was reading there uh, if you get a chance, you might want to go back and read those two chapters because they're almost identical chapters in the life of David and Saul. Saul is chasing David. David's a fugitive running for his life. Uh, and in both of these situations, two different uh, geographical situations, but in both of them, God orchestrates the life and the circumstances of David and Saul so that uh, Saul uh, is, is, is chasing David with the intent of killing him, but David is given by God in both of these chapters the, uh, the privilege, the opportunity to take matters into his own hands. He's given the opportunity to defend himself, protect himself, take vengeance, get justice, right the wrongs that had been done against him. And yet, remarkably, in both situations, David chooses to sacrifice, to suffer, and really, ultimately, to die, at least the potential to die, to what is in his best interest. David knows that there's a very good chance if he doesn't kill Saul, Saul is going to kill him. And so David, in an amazing act, he chooses twice in a row to give Saul back his life and to not do what is in the best interest of David. Everyone was encouraging him to do it. All of his friends around him were encouraging him. Saying it was the Lord's will. It was the Lord's will. It's the right thing, the wise thing to do, the smart thing to do. And yet David would not do that. Uh, the only thing, in my opinion, that is more amazing than David's ability to trust the Lord in both of those situations is the impact that David's decision had on his enemy, on King Saul. In both of those scenarios, and I think Sherry earlier read one of Saul's responses, it happens exactly the same way the second time, and that is David's choice to sacrifice, to suffer, his willingness to die, impacts Saul with incredible uh, humility. It, it, it humbles Saul. It, 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 it creates in Saul an awareness of how wrong he's been, how shameful he's been. Uh, it, it ultimately, yes, for just a moment, be it ever so briefly, uh, it impacts Saul with relational peace and relational reconciliation. Yes, it was short-lived, but the 
principle that David demonstrates in both of those chapters is the same. And that is that where sacrifice, suffering, and death are displayed, relational healing and reconciliation are made possible. The the nobility of what David did, uh, that was not diminished by the, the, how temporary the impact was on Saul. Mm. So, uh, the, it, that was, that, the shortness of what took place there, the brevity of what took place there was really a reflection on the darkness of Saul's heart, not on the nobility of what David did. David in both those chapters shows us the, the power that can be displayed when someone is willing to suffer and sacrifice and die. The impact that can be made on a relationship where where peace and reconciliation are made possible. In Isaiah 53, uh, probably the greatest chapter in the Old Testament uh, as far as it's declaring what the Messiah, the servant of the Lord uh, is going to look like, what, what his life is going to look like, how the people of Israel would be able to recognize who this servant of the Lord, who this Messiah would be. Uh, and basically what I'm going to summarize a, a, a very big, significant chapter, Isaiah 53, in saying this, that it declares that the, the servant of the Lord, the coming Messiah, you would be able to recognize who that was by his willingness sacrifice and suffer and die to make peace and reconciliation possible between God and man. Listen to just a few of the things that it says about this servant of the Lord. He was despised and rejected by people, a man of sorrows and a man of grief. He was pierced for our transgressions and crushed for our iniquities. His punishment gave us shalom and healing. It was God's plan. Actually, it says it was God's good plan to make him an offering for sin so that he would have many descendants, so that his family would be increased, so that many, many people would be included in God's family, so that relational peace and reconciliation could occur. How? Through the servant of the Lord's willingness to sacrifice and suffer and die. The New Testament recognized that that is what that chapter was talking about. Listen to what the New Testament says about this same Messiah. Jesus in Hebrews 2, Jesus died, he gave his life, to free people who all their lives were imprisoned to their fear of death. He sacrificed, he suffered, he died. Why? So that relational reconciliation, relational peace could be created. 1 Peter 3, Christ suffered once for sins, the just for the unjust. Why? to restore our relationship with God. Ephesians 2, Paul says, you were far away 
from God. But now you have been restored. You've been brought near to God through the blood of Christ. The Messiah would be willing to sacrifice, to suffer and die. Why? So that relational peace and reconciliation could be possible. Like David, the Lord Jesus' willingness to sacrifice, to suffer and to die made true, real, and lasting relational peace and reconciliation possible. Were you going to say something? Mm-hmm. Okay, thought you might want. Okay, let me go on then. The New Testament didn't just believe that this was God's will and God's plan for the Messiah, for the Lord Jesus. They recognized very clearly and very strongly that this was also God's calling upon those who claim the Lord Jesus as their Messiah, claim Him as their Savior, who, are, uh, who have made a decision to follow the Lord Jesus. They understood that this was God's will for them too. This willingness to sacrifice, to suffer, and to die to create relational peace and reconciliation with others. I guess what I, I was thinking and I am thinking is that this is not, that this idea is not singular to Christianity. I mean, it is, it is the truth that, that death and sacrifice brings, can bring reconciliation. Absolutely, and, absolutely. And so, I mean, even the it little book. It's a universal truth, yes. Right, that's right. That says, yes, I'm making a choice to sacrifice and it can bring resurrection. It can bring Life where yes. there was death. Yes, that's yes. exactly right, yes. yes. Jesus says in Matthew 16 to his disciples, and that includes me and you, all who will follow me must deny themselves and pick up their cross. What was a cross for? Crosses weren't used to build houses. Crosses weren't used to build bridges. Crosses weren't used to cook food. Crosses were used for one reason, and that was for sacrifice, for suffering, and for death. 1 Peter chapter 2, Peter says, God called you to do good, and that includes a willingness to suffer just as Christ suffered for you. He is your example and you must live as he did. He didn't use evil actions, deceit, retaliation, threats, or revenge when he suffered. Instead, he entrusted his life to God and he has removed our sins by dying on the cross. John saw it this way in 1 John 3. This is real love. This is how real love is created. Jesus sacrificed his life for us and we ought to sacrifice our love, our lives for others. God's plan for overcoming the world's evils is through acts of sacrifice, suffering, and death. Let me say it again. God's plan for overcoming the world's evils is through actions of sacrifice, suffering, and death. Jesus said it this way in chapter 5 of Matthew. Don't resist an evil person. If he slaps you on one cheek, offer him your other. If your shirt is taken, give your coat too. If a soldier forces you to carry his gear one mile, carry it a second. Don't refuse people who want your help. You've heard it said, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say, love your enemy. 
Pray for people who persecute you and you will be acting like your Father in heaven. We will never overcome evil with evil. Let me say it again. We will never overcome the evils of this world with acts of evil. It's never going to, it will, that which is produced will not last and it's not real. Yes, there was a reason why the Old Testament talked about an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. If you're trying to create uh, uh, civility uh, uh, in society, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth is fine. But it will, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth will never create relational peace and reconciliation. It doesn't last. It, it won't last. It's not real. Yeah. Uh, uh, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth, that really only is good for people that sell C&I dogs and for dentists. It works great for them. But if you're trying to create relational peace and relational reconciliation, that will never work. Throwing rocks is fun. My grand, I have a grandson, he's almost five, and he and I have thrown enough rocks to fill several swimming pools. I promise. Um, but throwing rocks will never create peace and reconciliation. We have hurled rocks. My grandson and I have hurled rocks at every tree, off every bridge, into every lake and river within 50 miles of my home. It's hurling rocks is fun. But I say again, hurling rocks at other people will never create relational peace and reconciliation. I find it very significant that the same man in this story, David, the same man that recognized that showing love, um, uh, showing sacrifice, willingness to suffer and to die, that can create relational peace and reconciliation. That same man, he was an expert at hurling rocks. He hurled a rock and killed an enemy named Goliath. And that created a temporary civility in that society, didn't it? But here's the truth. Do you know uh, what group of people Goliath was a part of? The Philistines. You know what the, where, where the, the, what the word Philistines ultimately became translated to, to how we say it today? Palestine. The hurling of a rock and the killing of a Palestinian, did it created a civility, a, a temporary calmness after that. But it did not create peace. 3,000 years later, there's still no peace between the Palestinians and the Israelites. I hope you can see my point there. Throwing rocks can be fun. CNN and Fox News... They love throwing rocks. Washington, D.C. and Wall Street, they love throwing rocks. But it will not ever create true and lasting relational peace and reconciliation. Romans chapter 12 says this, Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. 
And ultimately, the examples that Paul uses in Romans 12 of showing good are good things that are reflected in acts of sacrifice, acts of suffering, a willingness to die to self. Our world would try to convince us that intimidation, force, shaming, bullying, threatening, and acts of violence can ultimately change people. It won't change anybody. Oh, we can make people silent, and it can make people act civil out of fear. <clears throat> but the Bible declares that the only way to truly fight evil is with costly acts of good, acts of sacrifice, acts of suffering, and acts of death. That's why Jesus says in Matthew 20, if you want a life of impact, be a servant like Jesus who came to serve and die for mankind. In God's kingdom, real and lasting peace and reconciliation only come through acts of sacrifice, suffering, and death. When I use the word death, I'm referring to death that comes from offering forgiveness. Death that comes from giving forgiveness, asking forgiveness, death that comes from choosing to listen more and talk less, death that comes from choosing to serve rather than demanding to be served, death that comes from being a giver rather than a taker, death that comes from showing forbearance and patience and tolerance rather than demanding that your way be the only way. Death that comes from turning the other cheek rather than blackening somebody's eye. Death that comes from showing respect when you'd really rather show scorn and ridicule. Death that comes from speaking blessings to people rather than speaking curses. I would just challenge us all to consider that God's ways are not easy ways. They're ways that demand faith. There are ways that God's ways demand courage. But God's ways ultimately work. And when God's ways, especially this way, the way of showing sacrifice and suffering and ultimately death, death to myself, death to what I want, death to what's safe. When God's ways are displayed, when God's ways are utilized, relationships that historically have been full of fear and hostility and separation can be transformed into relationships that are full of peace and true reconciliation. Whether these are relationships within a marriage within a family, within a workplace, or within a community and a society. The gospel, the message of the gospel, the, the underlying foundational message of the New Testament, the message of Jesus and his apostles, was that God had created a plan, a real and lasting plan to create real and lasting peace and reconciliation through the sacrifice and the suffering and the death 
of Jesus. That was God's calling upon his son so that God could have a relationship with mankind. And that is God's calling upon the followers of Jesus so that we can have a relationship with other people, especially people that we are different from, that we disagree with, and that we would rather withdraw from. I hope you'll think about what I've said today. I believe we live in a world that needs to consider the power of what sacrifice and suffering and death to self, really the impact that that can have upon relationships with other people, the impact that it can have upon creating peace and reconciliation. I want us to end today by taking the Lord's Supper. And so, Shirley, I'm going to give this to you if you'll hold that for me. If you at home have grape juice or wine and you've got a little piece of bread or cracker or anything else, um, we like to end our service just by eating bread and drinking wine or grape juice. We do that just to remember what the Lord Jesus did when he came to this earth and gave his body and blood. He sacrificed, he suffered, and he died so that we could have peace and reconciliation in our relationship with God himself. In Romans 5, the Bible says, while we were still enemies, we were reconciled to God through the death of God's Son, Jesus Christ. We eat and we drink to remember and to to declare that we are thankful for this sacrifice. So I'm going to let you take that. I'm going to let you drink this. Lord, we remember what you did on the cross and we give you thanks and we pray for grace to live lives that reflect the sacrifice and the suffering and the death that you displayed for us so that we could be reconciled to you. Thank you. We bless you. Love is not proud, love does not boast, love after all matters the most, love does not run, love does not hide, love does not keep locked inside, love is a river that Love never fails you. Love will sustain. Love will provide. Love will not cease the end of time. Love will protect, love always hopes, love still believes when you don't. 
love is the arms that are holding you. And love never fails you. With my heart won't make a sound. When I can't turn back around. When the sky is falling down. Nothing is greater than this. Greater than this Cause love is right here Love is alive Love is the way The truth and the life Love is the river that flows through Love is the arms that are holding you And love is the place you will Love never fails you. All right, thanks again for joining us at Christ Community Church online here at Facebook Live. Uh, we'll be here next week. I don't know why I say that. Next week, ten fifteen. Uh, I think we should probably replace Zach next week too, right? We'll get rid of him completely. You're in, Sean. Thank, dude, thanks for being here, man. I really appreciate it. Um, and uh, we'll see you guys again next week. Please come back. Stick around for another weird video of me and Cherry doing weird stuff. Thanks, guys. Have a great week.